Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shelf Care Interview, an occasional conversation series where Booklist talks to book people. This Shelf Care Interview is sponsored by Capstone. I'm Maggie Reagan, and today I'm talking to Alex Sanchez. Alex Sanchez has published nine novels, including the American Library Association Best Book for Young Adults, Rainbow Boys, and the Lambda Award-winning So Hard to Stay. His novel, Bait, won the Tomas Rivera Mexican American Book Award and the Florida Book Award Gold Medal for Young Adult Literature. An immigrant from Mexico, Alex received his master's in guidance and counseling and worked for many years as a youth and family counselor. When not writing, he tours the country talking with teens, librarians, and educators about books, diversity, and acceptance. He lives in East Rochester, New York. The Greatest Superpower comes out in February 2021 from Capstone. Thank you so much for joining me, Alex. Thank you. It's great to be here. So can you tell us about your latest book? Sure. So The Greatest Superpower is a middle grade novel, and it's about twin 13-year-old boys, eighth graders, whose uh, Mexican-American dad comes out as uh, transgender. And it's really about how the two very different boys deal with it uh, very differently. I'd say fundamentally, it's a love story about the boys' uh, love for their dad and acceptance and grief and, and loss. And, and so it's a combination of warmth and, and also a lot, of, a lot of humor. There's a side story romance plot between the main protagonist, Jorge, a uh, boy, and his crush on a dog whispering girl. And it's also a story about Jorge and his best friends and and their love of comics and superheroes and and thus the the title of the greatest superpower. These are topics that I think sometimes adults have difficulty processing. How did you approach them for a young adult audience? Well, one of the things that's happened is that you know our country. I think part of uh, a lot of the anguish they were you know going through you know when we're recording this at election time is that there's been this huge shift in our culture. And I think a lot of young people have been growing up during this time of cultural shift, which I think for a lot of youngsters, it makes them more adaptable to shifting attitudes towards gender and sexual orientation and and sexuality and a lot of issues that when I was growing up, people just didn't talk about. And now they're not just talking about it, but saying they have a lot more uh, choices in terms of being open about their identities and and who they are. So uh, a lot of my writing is about identity and it both, you know, uh, taps into my own struggles and then also my my inspiration uh, that comes from so many young people that they're just so, so much more willing to be themselves than I was when I was growing up. So. I get a lot of a lot of inspiration from young people. So Jorge's a writer too. You have him and his friends working on a comic book, which is, I guess, is also where the title of the book comes from. Can you talk about how you developed that idea and how Jorge kind of discovered what this greatest superpower actually is? I've always been intrigued by superheroes. I guess, like a lot of people, I came out with my first graphic novel from DC Comics. Uh, you brought me the ocean. And You Brought Me the Ocean is about the character who will become Aqualad. And so one of the things that that I realized during that process was how superheroes are a wonderful metaphor for identity. Because especially for, you know, LGBTQ queer people, where lots of times we have a secret identity 
an identity that we can't reveal to others because there's this very real supervillain, which is, you know, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, that, that bias and, and prejudice against uh, queer people. And so that causes us to, to live this sort of double life. So one of the things I explore in the, in the uh, greatest superpower is the boys, you know, coming to understand that how, you know, superheroes have that secret identity that, you know, translates into not just about superpowers, but uh, for all of us queer people that, you know, having that, that secret identity and discovering our superpower when we can fully be ourselves and, and accept ourselves and be true to who, who we are and speak the truth. So that's where a lot of those themes came into in terms of uh, the greatest superpower. Can you talk about what inspires your writing overall? Yeah, so uh, I think what happens, you know, when I said that, you know, young people inspire me is I write about, I write YA and I write middle grade and because that's really where my voice was. When when I was growing up, like for a, a lot of young people, it was it was a difficult time. It was a challenging time. I had a lot of struggles around my identity, uh, not only because of my sexuality, but also being an immigrant uh, from Mexico. And so I think what happens is when we grow up with those sorts of difficulties, that a lot of those feelings get balled up inside the loneliness, the sadness, the grief, the anger, the hurt, a lot of that gets balled up inside. And then it's, it's later in life that that's coming out. So I, I like to say that, you know, my my muse is my inner teenager, my younger self who says, OK, now I'm able to say all the things I wish I could have said when when I was a young person. That's the voice that speaks through me, that that writes my stories. I, I try to write, you know, about older characters and it just doesn't work. That's not where my my voice is. So it's like I'm speaking up now. I'm writing writing the books that I wish, you know, I could have read when when I was a young person, uh, books that would have told me it's okay to be who you are. And so it creates this, this circle of inspiration where I'm inspired by young people, and then I write books that hopefully will, will go on to inspire them. I'm sure trying to release a book in the midst of a pandemic is kind of a challenge, but has there been any kind of feedback you've gotten from readers about about this book specifically or any others that you've found inspiring? Yeah, well, I think you're, you know, you're absolutely right for all writers now. It's like releasing books during the pandemic is a challenge. And yet at the same time, you know, the internet is such a wonderful thing. You know, if we didn't have the internet, how would anyone have access to, to books? you know, with the closures of, you know, bookstores and, and restrictions on libraries. But thanks to the internet and this electronic age, that the readers are still able to find books that were able to have podcasts like this to let, you know, uh, librarians and others know about books. So, you know, I try to be optimistic and it's like, look at the glass half full. And it's been wonderful, you know, with You Brought Me the Ocean that just came out that we were able to do so much promotion and, and publicity and get the word out about it through the, through the internet. And so I'm hoping the same will happen now with, with The Greatest Superpower. So how have libraries played a role in your reading or writing life? Oh, gosh, ever since I was a little boy in Pease Elementary School and Mrs. Eccles, uh, the school librarian, you know, reading stories to us. And it awakened in me that love of books, love of stories. So going back to them, the, the children's book that, you know, most inspired me was the story of Ferdinand. 
to the bull who, you know, loved to smell the uh, flowers rather than fight in the bull ring. Later on, you know, as, as I was learning to write, one of the things I often tell writing students, one of the things that helped me was, was actually taking, you know, great works of literature and just transcribing them, copying passages by hand, you know, passages that really moved me and stirred me, whether they made me laugh or cry or made me passionate about the anger the characters were, were feeling and really learning that way. And a lot of that happened in libraries. And then, you know, as my books started being published, realizing, you know, what free speech champions librarians are. And it's thanks to so many librarians who, you know, have put my books into the hands of young people and get the word out there and, you know, have the courage to have books about controversial uh, topics oftentimes I to get those out there, you know, and hearing the stories about how, you know, when librarians find the Michelle LGBTQ book, they they leave it there because they know, you know, some, some young person who's afraid to take it out of the library has Michelle it so that they can go back and read it, which was something that I did, you know, not in high school because those books weren't available, but later on in, at college time even. So, and now, you know, as a writer before the pandemic, I love to go to libraries and write there. And just to be able to get the inspiration of being around other books while I'm writing. And, you know, when those questions come up that the internet can't answer, you know, to go to, you go to the shelf and get that library book. So libraries and librarians have played a huge, huge role in my life. And it's in no small part thanks to librarians that, that I've had the success I have had in my, in my writing career. So thank you. Thank all of you listening. When you're not writing, what do you like to read? Well, I have a very varied taste. I do read a lot of YA. I do like reading what other writers are writing and getting inspiration from them and, and reading about uh, young people. And I, I love, you know, when I was a boy, I loved adventure stories. And, and now I'm reading uh, a couple. I hope that's okay to say what I'm reading. Uh, one is uh, A Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee, a real swashbuckling story that is about characters who happen to be gay that it's not about them being gay so much is, well, there is a love story in there, but it's about characters who happen to be. And now reading the sequel, you know, uh, A Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy or Piracy and Petticoats. I can't remember which one, which one it is. But yeah, I love YA. Also for uh, when I was writing You Brought Me the Ocean, I was reading a lot of graphic novels since it was my first graphic novel, learning how to write graphic novels. And I've just fallen in love with graphic novels and memoirs. And like just I inhale them. And I love, you know, being able to see a story as well as read it. That combination of prose and imagery. And uh, Mariko Tamaki's Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. I love that. And uh, then in terms of, quote, adult books, I love quirky characters or different settings. And so anything written by Carl Hyacin, I just love his quirky, fast-moving uh, characters, uh, stories. And for years, I'd heard about the number one ladies detective agency by Alexander McCall Smith. And I never, I never read it, but I just read it and love that. And actually, when I say read, a lot of these books, it's like I listen. I listen to, you know, the download audio books. And I love that. And I think Mrs. Eccles, you know, sitting on her carpet during story time and being read to. And I love, you know, being read to during audiobooks. I also teach. And at, in fact, again, at the library here in Rochester, where I am, Rochester, New York. 
at the Central Library. I'm teaching a course on uh, reading and writing about race and racism. And so I've been reading uh, a lot of books like uh, Ibram X. Kenzie's, you know, how to be an anti-racist. And I love to just constantly, you know, books, I love having my mind stimulated. And I hope, you know, that's part of what my books do for other people, whether they're young people or older readers to get their minds stimulated as well. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Alex. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Shelf Care interview. Well, thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure for me. And uh, anyone who wants to find out more, you can go to my website, alexsanchez.com. This Shelf Care interview is sponsored by Capstone, publisher of The Greatest Superpower, which is available February 2021. Happy reading. <laughs>